uh, very good to be here with you all this morning. Glad we're able to assemble here together to worship our Lord and to look at His Word. We had a good class in Proverbs this morning and uh, hopefully have a few things to look at this hour that will be helpful. It's going to be a pretty simple lesson. There we go. It's working. Uh, and really, one of the things that got me to, to thinking about this was uh, a lot of what Sid's classes or, or lessons pulled off of it, and I, I really uh, enjoyed that he did this, uh, but he pulled a lot out of the Old Testament, lessons from the Old Testament, principles from the Old Testament uh, about uh, how we view God and how uh, we view His authority and, and our response to that. And, and it just reminded me of the importance of the Old Testament. I think myself personally, sometimes I've uh, uh, discounted in a way. Uh, I, I, I like to look at the New Testament things and, and think and talk about those uh, because we are under Christ and, and under that law and, and those the New Testament's where we get uh, that information, but, but there's so much that we can learn about God and about uh, how, how God expects us to respond to Him and, and interact with, with Him and, and His commandments from the Old Testament. And so that's, that's really what we're going to think about this morning. Uh, and, and I've titled the lesson, The Fork in the Road. Uh, I think everybody knows what that means, right? When you come to a fork in the road, you have a choice to make. Which direction are you going to go? And, and then we're going to look at some examples of that from the Old Testament this morning and, and try to make uh, maybe some, some simple applications from that. But <clears throat> when you think about it, there's always been, since God created the earth and, and mankind, right, there's always been this choice that mankind has had to make. We, we, we will always be coming to instances in our lives where we have to decide which way are we going to go. And, and we see that. Um, in Adam and Eve in the garden and, and it's again because God gave us free will he allows us to choose and so uh, we're going to have these these moments in our lives uh, over and over again where we have to choose which direction we're going to go and and you know Adam and Eve we see that just very soon after creation they come to this fork in the road where they have to decide are they going to, to obey God and, and not eat of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden, or are they going to uh, disobey him? And um, you know, those are the kind of things that, that we're going to be talking about this morning. But again, from the very beginning, think about Adam and Eve, uh, Cain and Abel's sacrifice. You know, Abel chose to, to sacrifice to God. Uh, the things are the way that God had told him to, and Abel evidently did not have because. His sacrifice was not pleasing to God. You think about uh, Noah and, and uh, the choices he had to make about building the boat or not building the boat, uh, doing things the way God said or not. Abraham, Moses, Joshua, uh, the Israelites, over and over again throughout Scripture from the beginning to the end, that's really what, what Scriptures show us are people 
getting to the fork in the road and deciding which way are they going to go. And, and we, we don't just always see people choosing the wrong way, and we don't always see people choosing the right way. God shows us in His Word people going different ways and shows us how that plays out and, and, and His response to how that plays out. And so there's, there's value in that for us to, to look at what's been done in the past and, and how it played out and learn from that and, and hopefully apply that in our lives and, and uh, that be an improvement for the way that we live and, and serve God. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19, this is a... This is uh, in the middle of a, a speech or instructions being given to the Israelites, uh, kind of at the interchange, I believe, of, of Moses handing power over to Joshua. Uh, it says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. And, and you can look at the context around those verses and really see what's being said even clearer there that, uh, this message to the Israelites is you all are going to have to decide are you going to choose life by serving God or are you going to choose death by going uh, your own way and, and, and not doing things the way God says. <clears throat> and so again this is not something that, that ever goes away in our lives, right? Uh, when you're a kid uh, you you have these choices, and they're, you don't realize it at the time, but they're really pretty easy choices, right, of, of what to do or not to do. As you get a little older, uh, maybe as you become a teenager, uh, the some of the decisions or the forks in the road that you come to uh, have a little more consequence with them, right? They're a little more important about, about choosing uh, the right way. Uh, as you get into adulthood and, and start living life as an adult, same thing. You have more, more and more of these moments in your life where you have to decide which way you're going to go. And, and uh, I would imagine that those of you who are in the audience today who are uh, further along in life than I am would tell me this never goes away. You're always going to have these moments or these instances in your life where you have to decide the path that you're going to take. And so... You know, it's really all day, every day, right? We encounter these moments where we have to choose. Uh, and some of them in our lives are minor, you know, uh, really don't have a lot of impact. Other times, the fork in the road that we come to is pretty major. Uh, it can have some, some pretty major consequences, uh, positive or negative, depending on which, which way we decide to go. Uh, some of these decisions that are these moments that we come to, uh, we have time to prepare for. We have time to think about and consider maybe the outcome of going uh, this way or going that way. Uh, but sometimes we come to these these forks in the road and, and they come upon us suddenly, right? We weren't even thinking we would have to decide that today. You know, we had no idea that this this opportunity or, or this this thing that was this decision that came to us today was going to happen today. We we haven't thought about it. We haven't prepared for it. And and uh, sometimes when when things happen like that is when we can be most vulnerable to making the wrong decisions. Right? If we have time to think about and prepare, 
and consider and, and seek counsel on uh, which way to go. A lot of times we'll be better off, but uh, when, when those moments come upon us suddenly and, and we have to, to, to decide without being able to give it a lot of thought, uh, we are definitely more vulnerable to, to choosing the wrong path. Sometimes the fork in the road that we come to, we may think is a minor choice, right? We may think that, that it really doesn't matter, you know, either direction, whether I go to the right or the left, I'm probably going to end up in the same spot. We may think that uh, about the, the choice that we're at, and I think we see that in Scripture sometimes, that, that people do think that, and, and that's still today. You know, you may come to a to a moment where you don't think it matters which way you go, and I and wanted to look at uh, just just a few verses from the story of Saul uh, when he was su supposed to wait on Samuel to offer a sacrifice. Uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 13, starting in verse 8. Again, we're picking up in the middle of the story here, but uh, Samuel, the prophet of God, had told Saul to wait on him to offer this sacrifice. And so, uh, and Samuel told him he would be there in seven days. Uh, but he didn't quite make it in seven days. So it says, uh, He, Saul, waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel, but Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattering from him. So Saul said, Bring the burnt offering here to me and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And as soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him and greet him. And Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, When I saw that the people were scattering from me, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines had mustered uh, at Michmash, I said, Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. Samuel said to Saul, You have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which you were commanded, with which he commanded you, for them the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue. The Lord had sought out a man after his own heart, and the Lord has commanded him to be prince over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. And so, you put yourself in Saul's shoes here, and, uh, you know, I think that Saul thought what he did was probably good and okay and necessary. Samuel said, wait seven days. Samuel didn't show up in seven days. The people are starting to get worried. Uh, the enemy is starting to, to muster up their troops. And, and so Saul says, I'll take things into my own hands. We'll go ahead and do this sacrifice. It's not going to be a big deal. Samuel's not here like he said he was going to be here. Uh, but I think Saul thought this was something minor. It wasn't going to be. He even had good intentions. He said, I, I didn't want to, to go to the fight without uh, doing this to the Lord, for the Lord. Uh, and so he thinks this is minor, but what do we see in Scripture? God views it as something major, right? Uh, this was a, a fork in the road that Saul came to of are you going to uh, trust in God and, and obey God and do what he says, or are you going to take the other path and, and do things uh, the way that, that you think they ought to be done? And so, you know, again, uh, a very familiar story, but a good lesson from that story for us to think about. Of, 
sometimes these choices that we have, again, we may not think are major, but really uh, they, they can be and can have uh, long-lasting consequences. And so, you know, the answer to that is uh, to pick the right path and, and do things the way that God uh, wants us to do them. Other times, we may think uh, that this, this fork in the road we're at is major. Uh, we may be wringing our hands. It may seem like the most important life-altering decision or moment that we've ever encountered in our whole life. Uh, and really, it can turn out to be minor. And I want us to look at uh, the story of Hezekiah and Sennacherib. Uh, and again, this is really, I put here, a high-stakes fork in the road for King Hezekiah, right? Uh, what does King Hezekiah think about, is about to happen? He thinks his whole kingdom is about to be annihilated. And he's probably justified in thinking that, right? Um, but I believe he's forgetting who he has on his side. Uh, and I know everyone here is familiar with the story. Uh, Sennacherib, with the, uh, I believe the Assyrians, uh, is threatening Jerusalem, has sent uh, his troops there to the gates of Jerusalem and basically taunting Jerusalem and King Hezekiah and the people saying, you know, you basically wave the white flag, it's over, nobody can save you, your God's not going to save you. Uh, and Hezekiah is at this fork in the road. Previously in the story, he had already paid off Sennacherib uh, or the Assyrians one time. Uh, and so uh, he, he's not able to do that now. Uh, He's at, at the gate of being able, fixing to be destroyed if he doesn't wave the white flag. That's what's going through his mind. Uh, but he chooses to put things in front of God and ask for God's help. You pick up in the story in 2 Kings chapter 19, starting in verse 34. This is uh, God speaking here in verse 34. Hezekiah has already gone before God, pleaded with him for help in this situation, uh, asking for salvation from God, uh, and, and we see here that God is going to do, to do that. It says, For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. And that night the angel of the Lord went out and struck down 185,000 in the camp of the Assyrians. And when the people rose early in the morning, behold, these were all dead bodies. And Sennacherib, king of Assyria, departed and went home and lived in Nineveh. And as he was worshiping in the house of Nisroch, his god, Adramalek and Shazrir, his son, struck him down with the sword and escaped into the land of Ararat. And Esarhaddon, his son, reigned in his place. And so I picked this story because this story's always jumped out at me as being so anticlimactic, right? The, you know, you read for a chapter or two leading up to this, and it, and it is dire straits is what it seems like for the Israelites and for Hezekiah. You know, it seems to be no hope. Uh, they are fixing to be destroyed or, or fixing to be taken into captivity by the Assyrians. Yet when God is brought into the conversation when God is allowed to uh, do his work it's basically a non-event right? God takes care of it, wipes out 
a large portion of the army, the king, you know, leaves the next morning and he ends up dying in his own land uh, by the hands of his son. And so, again, a situation that, that Hezekiah would have viewed as being a very major fork in the road. What do I do? What do I do? And, and he picked God. He picked going uh, to God, asking God for help, having faith in God to, de- to deliver them. And that is what happened. And so it really turned out to be something minor because... Uh, he let God uh, be involved in the process. And so, you know, that that's going to be kind of the theme of, of these things that we're looking at. When God is involved in our decision-making about which fork we choose, um, we're much better off. And, and we want him to be uh, involved. We want to pick the path that includes him, that honors him, and, and that uh, involves obeying him. So... Uh, the next examples uh, that I wanted to look at are two or three different examples of people or groups of people choosing the wrong path. They, they have a moment, an instance, and whatever's going on in their story at the time where they have to decide what to do. Uh, and uh, we're going to look at, at, again, several that decide to do the wrong thing. And every time... It's going to be decide to leave God out of it or, or not do the things that God wants you to do. And that does not go well. And so in the story, and these are all going to be very familiar stories, so we're not going to read them all, uh, but the, the story of the Israelites after they've been led out of Egypt, uh, they get uh, to the foot of the mountain and, and Moses goes up on the mountain to get the law from God. And they're left down there at the foot of the mountain in Exodus chapter 32 and 33. And if you look at uh, chapter 32 and verse 1, it says, When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered themselves together to Aaron and said to him, Up, make us gods who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And so... I just want to analyze what's going on in their minds a little bit, right? Things are not going like they expected them to go. And so when when things in our lives are not going like we expected them to go, that oftentimes brings us to a moment of choice, right? A fork in the road where we have to decide, all right, that, that's not how I planned for things to happen. This isn't what we thought was going to happen. We have to decide now, you know, which way are we going to go. And so that, that's what's happened to the Israelites in their minds uh, at this time. And, you know, what, what they end up doing is they lose faith. Instead of just being patient and waiting for Moses to come back down off of the mountain, uh, as he said he would. And he's been gone, I think, 30 or 40 days, a uh, pretty long time. Um, but instead of him coming back, or them waiting for him to come back down, they lose faith, and they do what? They try to fix things themselves. They try to resolve things in their own way, uh, and that was the wrong path, right? They had they had a choice to just wait, do things the way God's chosen leader Moses had told them to do, or try to fix things themselves, <clears throat> and. You know, they chose to fix things themselves. And so they chose the wrong path. 
and we're going to see that uh, that brought bad results for them. And chapter 32, you pick up in verse 9, and it says, And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them, and I may consume them in order that I may make a great nation out of you. Uh, later in verse 32, um, Moses has made it back down off the mountain. He sees what's going on, and now he's having to deal with that situation. Uh, and so this is Moses speaking, and he says, And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Put your sword on your side, each of you, and go to and fro from the gate to gate throughout the camp, and each of you kill his brother and his companion and his neighbor. And the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses, and that day about 3,000 men of the people fell. And so, you know, now they're having to face some consequences for the decision they made of going down the wrong path. Wrong path. Um, Later in chapter 32, the Lord sent a plague on the people because they made the calf, the one that Aaron made. And You know, all, all of you know the story. Well, if, if it hadn't have been for Moses' intercession with God, God would have totally wiped them out right then. That would have been it. Uh, Moses did intercede uh, for them. Uh, God did spare the them as a group of people, but there were 3,000 that died at the hand of their own kinsmen killing them, and then the Lord sent a plague, and more died from that, and so again, they came to a point, something unexpected happened, Moses did not come off the mountain when he said, just like Samuel didn't come back on the day he said, and, and when they took things into their own hands, they, they were headed down the wrong road. Uh, they left God out of uh, what they were doing, and that ended bad for them. <clears throat> uh, the next story still involves this same group of Israelites. Uh, they get to, I have the gates of Canaan. They get they get to the border of Canaan, right? Uh, this is what they've been working toward. This is the, the promise that God had given them that they, they were going to inherit this great land. And so they get to uh, the border of Canaan. They send the spies into the land. The spies come back after, after looking over the land. Uh, and uh, they have... Ten of them have a bad report and two have a good report. So we'll pick up in Numbers chapter 13, starting in verse 27. It says, And they told him, We came to the land which you sent us, and it flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, and the Amicalites uh, dwell in the land of Negeb, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the along the Jordan. Okay, and so again, put yourself in the Israelites' shoes. The spies come back, ten are saying uh, good, uh, bad things, negative things, two are saying good, and, and so they have just gotten to their fork in the road, right? Uh, they have to decide what are they going to do uh, with this information that they are they are getting from the spies. <clears throat> you keep reading in Numbers chapter 13. It says, 
Uh, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we're well, well able to overcome it. And then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And so, you know, that that is the, the fork in the road. Which, which decision are you going to make? Can you do it or can you not do it? In the next chapter, in, in chapter 14, it says, Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into the land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. And so, again, we see them at this, this decision point, and we see which way they want to go. And so, what? let's analyze this just a little bit. What did these Israelites allow to drive their choices? It was fear, right? Fear, or you could think about it as of lack of faith, whatever, however you want to think about it. But, but you know, me, I think it was fear. They were scared that they would go to the land and not be able to take it. They would be killed. They they feared for loss of their own life, loss of, of what little possessions they had, fear of the unknown. We don't know for sure that we can do this. Uh, you know, so so it seems like. Maybe we shouldn't do that. Let's just go back to Egypt. Um, and and it said this in Mark's class uh, in in Proverbs. What ends up happening to this generation is the very thing they feared is what happens to them, right? Uh, because they didn't have faith, because they didn't choose the path that, that involved God and that relied on God, that just did what God said. Uh, all the things that they feared ended up happening to them. He, he says, you're not going into the land. You have to roam in the wilderness until you are all dead. You will not go into this land. And so they end up losing their life and, and you know the things that they have. And, and they suffer because they chose the path that did not involve God. So that was them. Think about Caleb and Joshua. <coughs> You know, what was different about them? It was that they didn't fear. They had faith. Uh, they knew as long as God was on their side, as long as God was saying, this is what you're going to do, it's going to be yours, and let's go, right? Let's go do it. It's here for us. Why are we waiting? And you know, when, you, when you think about our own lives, uh, how many times in our lives do we let fear make the choice for us? When we come to Forks on the Road, what do we do? Do we let fear uh, be the driving factor that makes us go this way? Are we worried about what the perceived consequences could be of uh, going the other way and so, so we avoid that and, and, and go a different route? Or do we trust in God and trust in His ways and, and simply just go uh, the direction that involves Him and, and not let fear uh, choose for us? Alright. <clears throat> the next uh, example of, of a fork in the road that I wanted to look at involves David and Bathsheba. Again, a very 
well-known story that, we, that we've talked about many times. And I wanted to think about this in, in the light of sometimes we bring ourselves to this fork in the road when we really didn't have to, right? It's a, it's a self-inflicted moment. Uh, now we, we have to choose. And I believe that, that's kind of what David did here. Uh, if you look at 2 Samuel chapter 11, starting in verse 1, it says, In the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. It happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful. And so, did David end up in this situation uh, accidentally through no choice of his own? He did not. Uh, what are kings normally doing this time of year? They're normally out at war with his people, with his soldiers, right? But he chose to stay home. Uh, so, you know, already he's all, he's made some decisions. Do you think he knew by doing that that, that he was going to bring this temptation upon himself? No. Uh, and, and that's oftentimes what happens to us. We may, again, think that a decision we make to, to well, I'm just going to not go do this this time. I'm, I'm going to uh, not go to services this time. I'm tired. Or I'm going to not go participate in, in this Bible study this time. You know, do we think when we when we make those decisions, they seem minor at the time to us. They don't seem very significant. Uh, but but again, they can turn into something that we never thought they would lead to. That the path that we choose can go places that we didn't realize it was going to go. And I think that that's part of what happened to David here. Uh, he stays in Jerusalem when he should have been gone. Uh, and then uh, to add to that, you know, he, he's looking at a woman bathing uh, on, on a rooftop when he doesn't need to be doing that. And so, again, I think sometimes we cause ourselves to get to these moments when we have to choose. And, and really, the whole fork in the road could have been avo avoided, right? We could have made decisions that never even caused us to, to have to get to that point if we had been thinking ahead and, and uh, using some wisdom about uh, which direction we were going before that. So David basically chose a path that gave opportunity to the devil. Uh, we see that, that that wording is used in the New Testament. Uh, see that you give no opportunity to Satan. Uh, and that's what David had done. He had given opportunity for Satan to tempt him. Uh, and, and as that story progresses, what does David do? So he picks a couple of wrong directions. One seems like it's insignificant. I'm not going to go to war this spring. I'm going to let my soldiers go. They got it handled. Everything's going fine. I'm going to stay in Jerusalem. Seems insignificant to him, I'm sure. Uh, then he starts lusting after a woman. All right, so that's, that's a little more significant to choose to do that. Uh, ends up committing adultery with her. That brings him to another fork in the road, right? Uh, now what do I do? You know, how am I going to cover that up? This is, this is going to look bad. I need to cover that up. Now I'm going to have to have her husband killed, but I don't want people to know about that. So, you know, over and over again, the road that he is picking, the, 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 
the choice that he is making, you know, is getting him uh, deeper and deeper in trouble, if, if you want to think about it that way. And that's really how sin works, right? We, it starts off with us picking a path that, that seems insignificant to us. We, we start down it, it, it doesn't seem like that would be a big deal, may not even be a sin. Uh, for David to stay in Jerusalem when he should have been out to war, right? I don't know that that was a sin, uh, but it wasn't a wise choice. Uh, and so oftentimes we, we make choices that aren't wise. We go in directions that, that, that aren't wise. And as we start down that path, it seems like it can get steeper and steeper and more and more slippery. Uh, and, and it ends up leading places that we had no idea it was going to take us to. And, and we see that all throughout the Bible. God shows us that in, in these stories about what other people have done. And I think he expects us to, to look at that and learn from that. He gives us instructions uh, like what's in Proverbs chapter 4. Let your eyes look directly forward. Your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. Now God, through these examples and through uh, these plain commandments and, and plain wisdom given in Proverbs, he warns us that sin is one of those things that we simply cannot play with, right? If you dance around it or play with it or, 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 or mess with it a little bit, it's going to... to take you in a direction that you had no idea you would end up going. <clears throat> the, um, I'm already going to run a little bit late, but this is the last example that I have, and this one is from the New Testament, uh, the story of the prodigal son. If you want to turn to Luke chapter 15, to already be there. Uh, again, a very familiar story for all of us. starting uh, verse 11 and he said there was a man who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father father give me the share of the property that's coming to me and he divided his property between them and not many days later the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country and there he squandered all his property in reckless living and so alright let's stop right there and think about this our desires can be the worst navigator of all of us. So I, I'm sure everybody at this point uh, has probably had to use their phone to get somewhere, right? Uh, if I didn't have Google Maps, uh, it would be bad for me. Uh, I have come to rely on that, you know, and in all my traveling around, going to different properties and different places. I can't tell you how much easier it is when somebody just sends you a pen, you punch it in your phone, and you drive right there. Uh, it's very easy to do that. And so, think about uh, if you use Apple Maps instead of Google Maps. Apple Maps will get you lost, has been my experience. Jerry agrees. I don't know. Other people may not have that experience, but I have had Apple Maps, people send me a pen, and it not take me where it's supposed to take me. Uh, and so I basically don't use Apple Maps because it gets me in the wrong place. Uh, and that's what our desires can do. They can be the, the worst 
navigator imaginable. Uh, when we start making decisions about which path we're going to take based on what we want, we're fixing to go down the wrong path. And that's what this uh, son has done in this story. When he says, give me the share of the property that's coming to me. He's got plans for what he wants to do. He knows what's on his mind. Um, so not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had, took a journey into a far country, and ended up squandering the property on reckless living, right? Um, and, and we know how that story plays out. He eventually comes to his senses. Uh, but, but did he know that where he was headed was going to land him in basically pig slop, feeding pigs as a Jewish guy? He had no idea about that. In his mind, he had it all figured out. The path that he was going was going to be good for him. Uh, Proverbs describes that to us in chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And that's where this man finds himself, or this son. He says, when he had spent everything, a severe a famine arose in the country, and he began to be in need. So that he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his field to feed pigs. And he was no long and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. And so again, this, this path that he has taken has, has landed him in a place that he never could have imagined he would end up. And and we see that playing out in his mind and his actions. Uh, and 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 when we realize, when we look up and realize the road that we're on is taking us to the wrong place, what do we do? You know, again, we're kind of at another fork in the road, right? I took the wrong path. I have, uh, you know, Apple Maps has taken me to a place I did not want to be at. What am I going to do about it? Uh, picking up in verse 17. When he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And so... He, he took the wrong path, which we have all done at various times in our lives, right? Uh, it took him somewhere he never intended to end up. It had consequences that he never perceived. Uh, and when he reflected upon that, he was at another moment of choice, right? And, and he was at the moment of choice that we've all been at. What do I do now that I realize I haven't done right. I have I have taken the wrong path. And that's what the gospel really is. The gospel is, is the thing that allows us to get back on the right path. And so uh, when, when you look throughout scriptures, Old Testament and New, anytime someone realizes they haven't been pleasing to God, God always has a way for them to come back. Uh, and it always involves First, realizing that you've done wrong, uh, being willing to acknowledge that. It involves repenting of that, being sorry that you have done those wrong things, and wanting to change and go back to God. Uh, in, in the New Testament, 
Uh, when we see people coming to this fork in the road, we also see that uh, they need to be baptized for the forgiveness of those sins, to wash away those sins. And so this morning, that is the, the invitation that's before us all. If you have found yourself down the wrong path in a spot that you never thought you would be at uh, or in a spot where you realize uh, that you are on the wrong road and want to get back to the right road, uh, God has a way for that. If you've never been baptized to wash away your sins and, and wish to do that, uh, then, then that is certainly available to you. If you have done that in the past, uh, but have still managed to end up on the wrong road some way or another, don't feel like you're the only person that's ever done that because everyone in this room has done that at, at various times. We all still end up on the wrong road at times. And so uh, when that happens, when we realize that, you know, we have to do an about faith and repent of that, go back, get on the right path. And, and we're here to help each other do that. We're here to pray for each other. Uh, we're here to encourage each other in, in doing those things. And so if you have a need uh, that we can help with, we invite you to let that be known as we stand and sing the songs and the rest of it.